0: this is Dan. You're listening to the Following Faith Podcast, and I'm joined in studio with Scott Irwin. Yes. And coming from uh, the Casa Jacobson is Kristen, (laughs) along with a special guest. Kristen, who we got on the line?
1: I'm sitting here with our brand new puppy, which is kind of exciting, except he's biting my fingers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast, so our viewers can't see your face, but you're on Zoom here with us, and I can see the angst. So, my fingers took uh, a couple hits today. Thanks for taking one for the team.
2: How, how long have you had the puppy?
1: About forty-eight hours. Forty-eight hours.
0: <laughs> forty-eight hours. Yeah, he's a little addition to the Jacobson family, and uh, they wanted our kids wanted Elan's wanted a dog for forever, and now that school is being done, Wait,
2: you you already have a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. she doesn't really count. Like oh, a, okay. like you want a dog that when you throw something brings it back.
2: So Elon does not count Marty as a dog. <laughs> no. What is what is Marty? Just like a lump on the wall.
1: Yeah, she's pretty old. She may have been more, you know, willing to play in her heyday, but she's getting old. She's also kind of a breed of dog that is more like a cat. Like mm. she will do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. Yep. A little aloof. Yeah. Um. All
0: so I anyway. hear is regret.
1: Yeah. Oh, plenty. Plenty. <laughs> no one's debating that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Already within forty-eight hours, uh, this other pup. Which is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel mixed with a poodle. Uh, If anybody has ever got kids who who watch that show Paw Patrol, Sky is the dog. This pup's got to fly. That one uh, (laughs) is a Cavapoo. Um, But yeah, it's like the kids' class pet. Elon was like, "We need a for e-learning. We need like a class pet." I'm so glad they didn't want like a lizard or a fish or like something (laughs) like hamster, the classic. Ugh. I, I mean dogs are smelly, but I don't know. I'm yeah. so glad like I have this picture of my class pets from when I was in elementary school. I had like a parakeet, we had a little hamster. One class had a snake. That was pretty cool. I never had that one. Uh, but we got our kids a e learning dog, which uh lends himself well to why why we named him what we named him. Kristen, do you wanna out our dog on <laughs> Nash? There's millions of people that listen to this. Sure. So I mean, I feel His- like
1: His official name is Sir Alphabet Scribbles, and we call him Alfie.
2: Alfie
0: for short. So educational.
1: Alphabet, you know, we're in the middle of e-learning and all of this fun stuff. Um, I don't know where Scribbles came from.
0: Scribbles came from just me wanting to have a dog sit at my feet while I, like, scribble down thoughts. (laughs) that was like my that was my my thinking that's your dream it was my dream yeah and it actually it literally happened the first morning we had him i was doing some writing at the table super early in the morning and he just curled up at my feet and i was typing out deep theological tomes (laughs) and uh there were scribbles just at my uh at my feet i call him uh uh alpha dog alpha male alfalfa uh you know all these all these great deviants of uh or or deviations, <laughs> not deviants. <laughs> Alfalfa was a little bit of a deviant. Alfalfa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so that's what's going on. Scott, what's going on in, uh these days in, in your world, man? Oh
2: man. Well, uh so I've been coaching Hobart soccer and we've got a game tonight. Super how
0: how has Hobart responded to sports in a COVID world?
2: <laughs> um actually I think they've done it pretty well comparatively. I actually heard that Michigan City Lost football recently oh, because of the COVID outbreak. I'm not 100% sure. We were talking about it at soccer last night, but uh, coaches at, at Hobart have done pretty well. I mean, there haven't been any issues, no problems. All sports are still going. I haven't heard of any positive cases from athletics. Uh, never really realized how big football was in Hobart until we started practicing over there in their stadium. Yeah. And it's legit. Have you been? Have you been to the high school stadium?
0: Uh, yeah i've been there i've never uh taken in a game on a friday night you know we're at the stage of life where we get puppies for our kids that's where <laughs> we're still at um and football games one of the greatest ways to get a feel for a community is a football game and it's got to be huge right we kind of had to know that we've got a whole entire stadium called the bricky bowl yes yeah. i mean that that is that is the thing i'm still holding out hope that one day we do a, a huge service out of the bricky bowl oh, that'd be awesome. um yeah that'd be that'd be an excellent thing uh Soccer uh is not as big as football in Hobart. <laughs> how how are they
1: doing it, Scott? Do they do the kids have to wear masks at all? Like when they're on the sidelines? Do they have to do any distancing?
2: Obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. not while
1: they're playing, but
2: Yeah, no. It's a very low contact sport <laughs> It's these a years. very yes. yeah, you get you a yellow card
0: anybody. for going five feet away from a person.
2: <laughs> no, they they do it pretty well. So practices are set up and I don't know if this is like jumping rules or cutting corners, but it works. So we've got three distinct groups within our team who kind of rotate together through drills. And we only ever do drills for 15 minutes or less. Yeah. So you can't, so you don't have to contact trace if you're not within six feet of somebody for more than 15 minutes.
0: It's not the idea that COVID can't spread. Yes. In, you know, less than 15 minutes. It's the, that's so smart. It's the contact tracing. Yes. Um, that's something that we as a church have thought about because we're responsible to tra- track down people at ministry events yeah. if, you know, Awana is in the same space for X amount of minutes and, you know, something happens and whatnot. So th- that's a very brilliant legal way to handle yourself and, and uh, do, so, it, yeah. do so within the guidelines. Yeah. That's, and it's
2: worked. Yeah. Like anytime they're off getting water or coming in or out of practice, they have to wear masks. Um, okay. Which and give me the fine. attitude.
0: Give me the attitude of students. How yeah. do they feel? Don't name names. Just like, is this yeah, yeah. an impossibility for them? Is this business as usual? How do they feel?
2: Okay. This is actually really interesting because I've got a perspective from my wife who teaches kindergarten with kindergartners. And then I've got a perspective with high schoolers, not only from Verge, but also from, from soccer. Um, high school does it because it's required. And there isn't much fuss about it, except that I, I, I see more in high school students parenting their, or parroting their parents' views. Okay. So if, if their parents have strong views, the the student has strong views, which is, which is, uh, you know, that's, that's totally fine.
0: Guilty right? of that as a high school kid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's normal. Um, there are some students who, you know, couldn't could care less uh, on on whether they have to wear a mask or not um but it hasn't it hasn't really been much of an issue and now they got to wear them in school all day so it's just kind of the norm um mm. my i was just talking to somebody about this yesterday so my wife teaches kindergarten she got yeah. kind of a bunch of five-year-olds and uh she has yet to have a single complaint from one of her five-year-old kindergartners about the masks wow, they, they, it's like a non-issue for them. And, you know, whatever the case is, they, it's just their norm. They've never been to school before, Mm. but it's not a problem. I mean, they, they wear the mask literally all day, um, except for lunch when they get to take it off for like, I don't know, 20, 20, or 30 minutes. Otherwise the mask is on consistently. Yeah, and and I thought that was so interesting that uh you know these yeah. these kindergartners take it without without complaint, right. and I'm not you know I have, you know say um, it say it Scott, no, I do not want to I don't want to tiptoe either, but yeah I, it's just I don't know I I feel like I feel like you know five five year olds can do it without complaint and I think we can well. That word, <laughs>
0: five year olds. Do I have to finish the sentence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I remember early on in March when people were adamantly opposed to masks. And then we couldn't buy masks and we shouldn't wear masks. And there were, that was the thing, remember the, yeah. the mindset was like, well, they said, give all the masks to the medical people because um, they're the ones who really need it. But uh, I remember back then the projection of, of what are we gonna do when school comes out? You're gonna make every kid wear a mask? They can't wear masks. <laughs> and uh, here we are, I don't know, four weeks into school and five-year-olds are yes, the pace. I setting do think the there's, there's
1: a difference for every age group you know what I mean like I think there is something to to be said for the kindergartner who's never experienced yes. it before and doesn't know you know any different yep. versus yep. a middle schooler who might have a lot of anxiety because of you know being scared because it's a weird thing and yep. they've never had it to deal with this so, so I do think some kids could respond differently in 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 a way that would be warranted you know yeah
0: So to be fair, I took our kids to Home Depot yesterday, and they all wore masks into the store, um, and we got out. And it was our oldest, uh, who's only seven, who ripped the mask off her face, and she said, and I've never said this, so it wasn't parroting, Uh but she goes, I hate masks. I can't, I can't. I just can't <laughs> and part of it for her is like we don't have any masks that fit her face really well the yeah. boys have these like pretty easy loop things and hers just her long hair gets in the way and it flops off and our our five year old kindergartner was she? He looked at her and said, "What's the big deal?" Uh. <laughs> and I was like, "That right there is a microcosm of the whole entire yes. America, or at least the Midwest right now." I don't yeah, know how the coasts are, but I for sure, the I Midwest. don't even know if they're still there. The yeah, coasts.
1: yeah, <laughs> that's not a joke. Actually, with the yeah. California wildfires if, right now, if
0: you're yeah. listening to if this Cal, from you tell there, can okay. you just t- just call home real fast? <laughs> just call home, Scott. We've um, we got a really fast. I want to get right to it today. Yeah, we've yeah. got a fascinating question on the Catechism and uh i think it'll you know is this too big of a pun to have a sequitur from california wildfires to this <laughs> saying it's it's fodder for our discussion i don't know is that okay I, as is that insensitive I, I don't know i don't want to make too much of a link but get us into the catechism
2: yeah no this is um this is this is a good question and it stems uh completely from the answer to the last question so i'm just going to read the last question and the answer and we're going to uh, go on to question seven here. But this was question six from last week. It's asking, how can we glorify God? And really the crux of it was we glorify God by obeying his commands and laws, which uh, it, I think then leads to, well, what is this law? If this is how we live and glorify God, what what's this law? Which is question seven. What does the law of God require? And the answer yeah. to this that the catechism gives says personal perfect and perpetual obedience that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done and what God commands should always be done. So mm. that's it guys. That's it. We figured it out. It's exactly <laughs> yeah. what we're called to do. <laughs> right. personal perfect and perpetual obedience
0: (laughs) so i love that we have to talk about this because this is an uncomfortable concept that the almighty god could have standards but Mm. this is what i love about the law and and i was listening to a pastor the other day talk about why other pastors should preach the 10 commandments and he said in a day of moral relativism having absolute truths that come from god's law is so necessary, mm.
2: huh. and
0: and part of what the law of God. So maybe someone's listening along and they don't know what the law is. Scott, can you give us like a quick summary of how the law is even used in self-reference? Like, what does that mean when yeah. the Bible talks about the law?
2: So the I think the law is used in a, in a couple different ways, but boiled down, you see the law um, in the New Testament summarized by Jesus as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's in in the answer here the law is expanded on in the old testament to really uh cover the 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 first five books of the bible let so yeah. you get into this the the levitical law yep which is an expansion of the 10 commandments given to uh moses by god on the top of mount sinai yeah. so it's it's this huge sprawling massive thing that god commands us to follow yeah
0: Kristen, mm-hmm. I, in a moment, you should probably talk about why the law is a good thing uh, from the Old Testament. Might I know you, 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 and the ladies and the and women of the word kind of talked about that? But whenever Jesus in the New Testament talks about the law and the prophets, that's code for him talking about the entirety of the Old Testament. It was the law, kind of like what you said, the first five books. Um, Torah is the is the uh, the Hebrew uh, mind he calls it Torah, it's the law of God, and it's exactly what he commands for us. Um, Kristen, we have a different perspective today of the law. The law to us feels restrictive.
2: Hmm.
0: Get a, help us because I know you've thought about this a lot or or, or had in the past. Um, help us get in the in the mind of why a law giving God is a good God. Do you know what I'm asking?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think there's something you know, whenever we study scripture, we have to have a really good and robust understanding of the old, of the culture surrounding it. And that's what we see when we look at the Old Testament law in particular, is that, um, other religions, cultures that had multiple gods, they had to live their life in a way that they were constantly hoping that their gods would be happy Mm. and proud and, um, that they would be pleasing their gods. So, so you'd live life and if all of a sudden you know your child died you would think you'd done something to upset the gods if yeah the you gods had a are terrible mm-hmm. yeah. oh my oh my <laughs> we gotta start over marty just attacked the puppy
0: oh <laughs> no, this is great radio let's keep it rolling uh <laughs> can you get the mic closer can you yeah <laughs> i heard him in the background and i sounded like he was provoking <laughs> You're back. We're going to leave that totally unedited. (laughs) So so the gods, the the gods (laughs) are angry. The gods are angry. Yeah.
1: Really? We're okay. We're going. So yeah. So if you have a (laughs) terrible crop and you have no explanation, you assume that you have disappointed your gods because there was no way for you to know. And then the God of Israel comes on the scene and doesn't just, you know, make Mm. himself known, but actually gives a list of what he expects of his followers. And so it's not something arbitrary, it's not something um, vague, it's very specific. And that's why these Israelites you see in the Psalms how it says your word is or your law is, you know, all what pick your phrase that you can find throughout the Psalms that that venerates it or honors it as a gift to the people. And that's why because they no longer had to question, they didn't have to wonder they knew exactly what they had to do to please their God. Now, whether or not they were able to do those things. Yeah. So there's another interesting part of this is that, so yes, God lays it out, be holy, do all these things, keep this law. But uh, that, that's that is, a... I'm a New Testament believer, right? We understand, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's our, um, what are we supposed to do now? And, you know, obviously that's where we have Christ. I
2: I think that's such an interesting perspective from these these ancient Near East cultures who maybe didn't know that they were doing things incorrectly and and there was a lot of guesswork and whether or not they were doing things right and then you have the Israelites like it's a blessing and a curse to know that you are not doing it right know. oh my goodness that's a great way to say it how terrible to just be like shown straight up that no I am not I am not serving God well or following his laws
0: Perfectly. And doesn't that, what the catechism suggests, those three P words, personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience. Um,
2: Each one taking it farther away from the ability to be complete. Yeah.
0: So so I obey. I perfectly obey. I perfectly always obey. (laughs) And as a parent, we kind of get this. Because that's, as a parent, what we expect our kids to do mm. for us. Like every parent thinks that their standards in life or their preferences in life are an infallible law. Mm. Paul Paul Tripp jokes about this with parents all the time. But he, he, he says, you've set up all of your, your rules for your kids. And when they don't perfectly obey them, you freak out. But but if we reflect upon it ourselves or reflect upon ourselves, man, I, I know. I'm so aware of what I, I don't even Know that I don't do. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, Like, yeah. like I, 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 know that I'm not perfectly, perpetually um, o- obedient to the Lord, and that grieves me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's in some sense what the law does. It, it's a, um, it's a tool to help us see how imperfect we are. Whereas Kristen, what you were saying about other other nations having to guess at what made their so you're throwing jello at the wall, seeing what sticks with mm-hmm. your God. Um, there's some sense in which the Israelites they knew their God, they knew Him, and when Jesus comes along, and, and the 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 catechism you have already said this, Scott, Jesus essentially highlights in the great um, in the great uh, commandment uh, the lawyer, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The lawyer comes and and puts Jesus to the test, saying, you know, good teacher um, was the greatest commandment, and Jesus gives him two. Uh, the, the all the law boils down to loving god with all your heart soul mind and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves mm-hmm. um i think in america today we're we're awesome at aspiring to the first and we are tragic at aspiring to the second mm-hmm. yeah to love god with all of our heart soul mind and strength and i think if i can just you know speak for myself for a moment that's so easy for me because when i think about the law it's a It's a checklist for me. And who do I control in this world? I can't control the Democrats or the Republicans. I can't control you know this party or that party or this group of people or that group of people. I can just control me. And so if it's up to me to have this heart, soul, mind, strength, love for God, well, certainly I can do that to the most of my ability. But what's even harder is to love somebody else the way that I love myself. Mm. And I think that's where Jesus turns the law um, even though the law, like Kristen, you already said, it was designed to teach us about how to help the for foreigner and the sojourner, uh, and the alien. I'm thinking about the kid's song that our kids listen to. Uh, that's like the weirdest kid's song in the world is straight <laughs> scripture. And it's all about taking care of the alien and the sojourner and giving at Do the edges use those words like yes, in the lyrics you can give it to the alien oh, Whoa. Nice. <laughs> you can give Wait, it, it to get the Dina alien here. wow <laughs> it's all about that law saying you know don't harvest your fields all the way to the edges but leave some to the foreigner hmm. right. give your crops to those who you know might you might need to look out for it. they're your neighbor hmm. they're not right. aliens they're your neighbor um i think we really struggle i really struggle with love our neighbors as ourselves
2: yeah
0: and that's just as much of what the law of God requires. What about this last this last part? I think the catechism cuts through the law to in a way that I've never honestly I've never thought about this way until we I, I looked at this ahead of time, just saying what God forbids should never be done, and what God commands should always be done. That has a way of just kind of saying it, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Um yeah, I think I think through this this sentence and this statement, it is all encompassing. And I think oftentimes I when I think about pleasing God, I look at things that I shouldn't do. Right. I look at the what God forbids should never should never be done. Um that's where I spend a lot of my time or or, or focus because those ones are really easy to figure out whether or not you're do you like, did I did I do that or yeah. not? Yeah. I didn't do it. Okay, yeah. I'm good. The the flip side of that, what God commands should always be done, is so completely open ended yep. that I have no idea where to begin. So maybe just to expand on what you were finishing with loving others, God calls me to love others as uh, as I love myself. How far does that go? Where does that end? How like you
0: could run yourself ragged. Right. I'm, I'm even loving the, your neighbor. Yeah. The how how far does that go question reminds me of when um, was it Peter asked how many times we forgive? Yeah. And there was some rabbinic thinking about certain numbers because they represented, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you type of thinking. And Jesus says not seven, but 70 times seven, right? which is not you know 490 it, the numbers are 490 but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's he's not giving us a, de- a definitive amount he he's essentially saying no you're going to wear yourself out trying to do this in obedience to the lord before you ever even you know get to that yeah uh, so so i think you're right scott it's a it's an inexhaustible thing and i think maybe in that is why it's so hard for us to I we tend towards guilt. I don't know if you guys feel this. You guys feel this. I tend towards guilt in my heart when it comes to the Lord and His law, and and yet, already, Kristen, you've encouraged me to think about the law as a positive thing, mm-hmm. and Scott, you're you're encouraging us to remember that it's not just this don't do these things, but always do these things, and in that there's aspiration, right? right. It's not just yeah. um, don't be this type of people. It's also hey, be this type of people. Mm. Um, I think, I think I really struggle with the law because it, sh- it, it does what the law is designed to do, to do. And we've studied Romans. It's, it's a mirror that shows us how shameful we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so how, how do we, and maybe we just close on this note. How do we get around that? Like Not around it in the sense of like, how do we get out of the law? But what hope is there for that?
2: I will take the softball. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Both of you are looking at each other like like, you can't possibly be asking that question.
2: When we can't, yeah. Like you cannot, we cannot talk about the old Testament law without looking at the the person and the completed work of Jesus. This is impossible for us to do on our own, but thank God that he came and and lived a life in perfect obedience, perfect personal and perpetual obedience to his own law for our sake. And uh, like, never should we ever look at the law or look at what God commands us even now as New Testament followers without looking back at Christ and saying it's already been accomplished on our behalf, whether or not I follow this perfectly. I have a perfect uh, substitute in Jesus.
0: Amen.
1: And I I think important to, to add to that, not to add to the work of Christ, of course, but as we reflect on that condemnation, guilt, all of those things are wiped away. But to your point, Dan, an aspiration is added that we don't just focus on the death and resurrection of Christ, but that we see the life of Christ as what we are to aspire to. And so that goes to the, the things that we are to do, not just the things that we are not to do. So yes, he lived a perfect life of obedience in that he refrained from doing things he he's commanded not to, but in the way that he lived selflessly and focused on others and going to the marginalized and the oppressed and all of those things that Christ lives as an example of how we are to live and keep those laws of the Lord is such an important part of it. And I do, I think that, sorry, Dan, I know you were trying to wrap up, but now I'm on a rabbit.
0: No, do do you you (laughs) think?
1: I just think there's, there's a tendency in church world to focus on death, resurrection of Christ Hmm. and to, to not until maybe, I mean, downplay the life of Christ as, as something for us to aspire towards, but that might be a discussion for another day.
0: Yeah. You said a lot right there and we could chase that. We do. We do tend to look at um, the Christian life as, believing that Jesus died for my sins and he rose from the dead so that I can have life everlasting. And we boil, we boil the Christian message down to that. But I think what we're, what Scott, you helped us see is, is the one who fulfills the law, fulfilled it in a way that allows us to live life today to the fullest. It allows uh, us to love our brothers and sisters, our, our, our neighbors, uh, love our Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, um, the gospel is not just for our death. It's for our our life. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's for our life after death. Mm -hmm. Right. So the the law of the Lord is good, reviving Mm -hmm. the soul. Why? Because Jesus has paid the consequence for it, but also because it shows us the ways of God. And so there's tremendous amounts of hope when we talk about the law. I know the catechism is going to push us pretty deeply into the law for the next couple of questions. And so I kind of wanted to just set us up for um, a, a bit of good news before we jump into some of the minutiae of the law. And listeners, I hope that these conversations are going to be uh, just thought-provoking for you in your own spirit um, as you think about your faith in the, in the Lord. Um, Scott, thanks for uh, walking us through yeah. uh, that question, question seven in the catechism. We are, um, you know, uh, we're almost one-seventh of the way through the whole entire catechism, <laughs> which I think in the biblical terms means we take a Sabbath. So. No, one seventh of the week was a, a day of rest. Yeah, yeah. That's Where are we all, going? That's all good. Hey guys, <laughs> good we, got a, we got a we got a an awesome guest about to hop on the line with us. Um, can I tease tease who's coming on to talk with us? Uh, she's a um, uh, she's a mom of a couple of girls uh, here at our church. Lives right down the street from the campus, and is doing something that many moms are doing right now: um, uh, teaching her kids from home even though she's never taught her kids from home. Uh, stay tuned listeners uh, for our conversation that we have with Kendra Keen, uh in just a moment. We're on the phone here with one of our, uh, HP members, Kendra Keen. Kendra, welcome to the show. Thank you. You and Brandon have been coming to the campus now. I, I can't recall how long it's been. Uh, we, uh how, how long?
3: We've been coming there for, it'll be two years in October.
0: Two years. You're coming up on your HP oh, anniversary. That means you get donuts. We you are. That's, yes. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I just love the work that the Lord has been doing in your family, in your lives. Um, we've told Brandon, your husband's story, uh, from the stage mm-hmm. on the five-year anniversary, but the Lord really used yeah. you and our church to show Him that He's real, and it's Absolutely. been changing His life in such a cool way. So mm-hmm. it's just a it's a great thing to be able to be uh, worshiping at the same church as you guys and part of the same family. So it's it's uh, we just want to want to start there and say. Uh, we love the work God's doing in your lives. We have you on Absolutely. the show here because um, it's a it's a weird world that we're in. And um, <laughs> there's so many different educational options right now for families to, uh, to to go down different tracks with their kids. And you and Brandon um, have never done this before, but you are homeschooling your kids now. And we just yeah. wanted to, we, yeah, and I think that's so awesome. We want to just get a perspective from a homeschool parent. And say, um, how did you navigate all the craziness of thinking about how to do this and what to do? And then, how's it going?
3: Well, um, it kind of started. I mean, it was never an option for me. Um, my best friend has homeschooled for for four years and was kind of always pushing me to do it, and I was like, absolutely not. Um, but if it, you know, if it hadn't have been for COVID, it probably wouldn't have been something that I would have done, but I definitely feel like, you know, God put us here and made us so comfortable with it. Um, we literally did a pros and cons. We wrote everything out and we had to weigh what was best for our family. And, um, we felt that homeschooling this year, just with me, I'm still working. So with juggling that and having limited people to help if necessary with e-learning and that kind of thing, I said, well, you know, I can do homeschooling and, and I took a day off. And so, um, yeah, I, that's, that's what we're doing. I love it. Um, I love knowing what my kid exactly what my kids are learning and being there with them to do it.
2: Now Kendra and and maybe Kristen, you can speak into this as well. Dan, you had said that there's a lot of different options. I, I feel like there's like a dozen different ways to educate your kids right now. And I am not aware of like any of them. Um so what is the Someday. difference yeah, yeah right what is the difference um between homeschooling and online school because Kristen, you guys aren't homeschooling yeah. right
1: right right so we are doing the k it's called k twelve it's an online public school so um the curriculum everything is set and sent to us and it's online it's um consistent with the common core curriculum that's being taught in public schools and our kids have a teacher, each of them log on and, um, they have an hour each day with their teacher. They have assignments sent to them that we complete online, um, based on what their school assigns. So it's, it's definitely, um, involved. I mean, I, I, we're called learning coaches. We're not teachers. We're learning coaches. So that's what I am. And, um, and it's, you know we have to guide them. I have to you know help my kindergartner more than my second grader, but still with them for most of what they're learning um so I enjoy that part of it. I really do like getting to be involved and same thing as you, Kendra, you know I think a lot of us i mean I would say all parents sat down and said, "Okay, what are we gonna do and what's our options mm-hmm. here and what's what is the priority and what's what is our highest value entering into this season and um you know, Dan and I made this decision. We, we really needed consistency for our kids. One of our kids, you know, has a hard time with change. And so the thought of, um, you know, are they going to be in school? Are they going to be out of school? That was really what played into it for us to have a consistent experience from beginning to end of year. Um, but it is a, it's been, I mean, everybody has those pros and cons lists somewhere sitting in their house right now. And they had to make the best decision that they could for their family. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's a, it's definitely a new world that we are living in, but, um, yeah, we're all just doing the best we can. And it's, I would say that for the homeschool, like you, what you're doing, Kendra, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing like legit homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: When I go all in, you know,
1: it's all, it's all in. Um,
3: well, you know, actually the reason why I, I, I chose this program, I did look at, at K-12. Um, and I think, you know, I kind of had what I wanted and what I was looking for. Um, and my friend actually used this program that I'm using. And so she was in, she has two different ones, but, uh, she showed me, you know, both of them and she, kind of just laid everything out. This is what you would do. And I started to learn about it and I needed it to be like laid out for me. I needed it to be easy. Um, but you know, I also wanted to add, um, a Christian perspective to it. And that was really important for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really neat because the whole entire program, like you could be learning about, um, you know, science and and, in ecosystems. And then they talk about, You know the very first you know ecosystem was the garden of eden so the whole the whole thing is tied together um so it's pretty cool but also um i can teach my second and fifth grader the same subjects like this i teach them the same history the same Mm -hmm. science the same bible and then i just learn how to flip-flop when i'm teaching one and not the other because that's that's what i thought of too how do you teach one and what's the other one doing Right. So, you know, they don't sit very well. But, <laughs> but I mean, we we've had it figured out and it's and it's pretty great. And um yeah. but yeah, I have actually no um we I chose to do like very minimal online, so if they have to research something, that's it, but otherwise it's all from books. Hmm. So, I learn right. things as well.
0: <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, who's being helped more <laughs> right now? Is it the kids or is it you? <laughs>
3: It depends on the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super honest. You, um, One of the things I loved about uh, just the early days of school, I know you and I chatted about this a bit um, back in maybe the end of July or early August, getting the house set up to even be able to host your yep. kids. What were some things that you did that you have been, like you look back now and you go, Kendra, you nailed it. That was a pro tip. Good job. What were some, oh. those, some of those things?
3: Yeah. Brandon definitely was like, put them in the same room. I'm like, no, they need their own space. And you know, he, I, I really was against that, but I didn't know what else I was going to do. I wanted to make the living room into the school room. He was not having that. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) we did end up putting them together and they love it. And we made my youngest daughter's room, like the entire room is strictly school and, um, it's pretty cool because we've got all our stuff on the walls and, you know, I kind of took her things off and put them in, in, um, you know, their joining room now and I'm surprised because they love it and they don't complain about it. And, you know, yeah, that was, we, I had an old table, I had an old desk, so I just kind of changed the, the whole room. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. so similar to what Kristen and I did as well um, we've got our kids in the same room. How, how important do you think, you know, we're all talking about work from home. I know Kendra that your occupation doesn't allow you to do that so easily. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but the world has adapted to a work from home type of thing. And the, the regular rhythms of work life balance are really tricky to keep up with. How important do you think in that regard for a kid, it is to have a separate space for them to have school than it is the rest of their life. Do you think that plays into it at all? Or is that kind of overblown?
3: Um, I guess it's just, it's it's each kid. You know, I know some people don't have the luxury of being able to do something like that. And they have to be able to put it in a small space. I did research a little bit what other people do. Um, I think for us, I wanted it to be a completely separate space. There's no toys in here. There's no like, other things for them to know. There's a lot of distractions, but it's all like school-based things. And I guess I just, I wanted them to enter here and know this is where they learn. This is where, you know, school happens and they have to be respectful when they're in here. and like
1: And then they just go play everywhere else. So, I mean, I don't know, I guess every kid's different. Yeah, I think that's right, Kendra. I think there's, there's something important about kids being able to differentiate maybe between when it's school time and when it's playtime, you know, so they know this is the time I got to sit up and pay attention and all of that. But I think you're so right that kids are very different. And, um, I think that's been a perk that I've seen with with having my kids home is that I can adapt to the way that they learn best and the things that they, um, respond to that, that motivate them. And so if I need to you know get miles motivated about a certain subject you know i say if you if you come we'll go outside and we can do this lesson sitting outside on our porch or we can do this Mm -hmm. sitting outside on a blanket under the tree like those are those are fun things for him to get excited about that you know that's such a different it's such a different world than what he would have in a you know brick and mortar school you know yeah i know so, I, I do I do find myself saying a lot.
3: I'm like, would you do this in school?
1: <laughs> no. It's either a threat
3: or oh, a perk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot oh. of it And then I'm wondering what they did actually act like in school because right. I'm, I'm like, I don't think we'd behave like this. but. I- they're getting there yeah Kendra you
2: had uh you had mentioned previously that you're doing a lot of stuff out of books you're trying to stay uh offline as much as possible which is I an incredible effort these these days for sure I know that um people can get inundated with opportunities for curriculum and resources uh like that you could go I mean there's there's thousands of things out there now what what have you found resource wise or maybe curriculum wise that's working for you
3: um well the particular curriculum that I am using is called My Father's World and that kind of comes with all of it. And um I mean if I need anything honestly I look on Pinterest like that yeah. has everything.
2: <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> so, answer. <laughs>
3: like that makes you a better everything. Um but yeah I have found that Like this particular curriculum, what they do is they teach you with what they call living books, which the best way I can explain that is more like, it's not as textbooky, it's just like a a book. So Mm. we, you know, we'll read an entire book on just maps and globes, but it's got like cartoons and all the things like to keep them interested. And and then we'll go on to something else. So I have like 25 different books that I teach them from. It just depends on exactly what we're learning. Um, But it also teaches them you know, how to look for something. So instead of going online, it teaches them we can look in an encyclopedia or we can look in this book about trees, you know? And so I'm trying to find those kind of resources um, to, and it encourages the love of reading mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids do really love to, to read already. So that works out, but it also, um, it also encourages them to be outside. So it has like a weekly nature walk. And so that we did that today. Go outside we study a tree you know we find out about the tree we do some research on it in a book so it's very encouraging of those types of things so is, i mean
2: is that where your instagram post of the chicken came from on your nature watch day? uh
3: that was happening after school they, oh, okay. they yeah. play with their chickens <laughs> that's like <laughs>
0: recess is chicken time nice.
3: recess is chicken time yeah
0: Can't <laughs> you know we're, it would would 21 year old version of you ever think that you'd be homeschooling your kids uh, while taking them on nature hikes and uh, raising chickens, does that ever like <laughs> cross your path as like your your future goals?
3: No, I, I I'm en- oh I'm embarrassed <laughs> of my 21 year old self. Thank goodness you guys did not know me at 21. <laughs>
0: uh, we all we all yeah we all have that to some degree. Kristen would tell some you of about. us worse than others. Um, no,
3: I um <laughs> I can definitely say. No, it's not what I would have thought of. And it's interesting too, because, you know, we definitely feel like, I mean, we wrestled with this, um, this decision, uh, if this was right for us and we really prayed about it and we felt God really strongly saying, okay, this is where I want you to go. And it's interesting because I'm kind of like, okay, you know, if, if this, at the end of this year, if this is where we're continuing, you know, we're meant to continue, um, you know, and if God has a different plan for us or for our family or for our journey, like this is something I could do. You know, I never really mm-hmm. thought that I could because I one of my biggest fears um was what's well, gonna it's gonna mess with, you know, because I do this. I get up and then I go do this and I go do this and what's my what what's my personal time gonna look like? You know, and it, it never has been an issue. We have our set times, we do our thing. It's been great.
0: I love it. Uh, you, uh, you and Brandon have obviously sought the Lord on these things, and and this is exactly what it looks like to follow the Lord in faith. I think we said earlier in July. You know, whatever parents do, it's going to take faith. Whether you put your kids back in school, whether you teach them at sure. home, whether you whether you do some sort of hybrid e learning model, no matter what, it's going to take faith. And and so just uh-huh. be grateful to the Lord that you have a chance to exercise faith. And what I love hearing you. just in your voice you can hear just the excitement and the 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 um unexpected opportunities of just what a blessing Mm -hmm. it is to spend time with your with your kids and um be a part of their educational formation what a what a huge thing hey kendra thanks for uh taking time out of i know your busy schedule you you're you know we you got, you got the job and the school and all that stuff. So uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking time to talk with us. And um, is there anything you want to say, Justin, is like, what is the, the, the greatest takeaway that you've had, maybe as it, as it relates to following the Lord in this, this process of, t- of teaching your kids, like, what would you say about that? Oh,
3: I, th- I think what I'm really loving about all of it is that, um, I'm getting to really like pour into my kids, the values that I want them to learn. Um, That was one of the most difficult things for me, just switching schools last year. And Hmm. I, but at the same time, I didn't really know what they were learning. You know what I mean? And I am very much the one who is honest with my kids, who is open with my kids and they know probably a lot more than kids their age, because sometimes I think maybe I'm, too open, but I want them to learn it from me. And, and we learn, I teach them very biblically. This is what the Bible says, you know, and we talk about, um, just loving people for, for who they are and understanding, um, that there are different people out there. And this is what, what God says, you know, and, and how he wants you to live your life. And it's, it's awesome that I know what they're being taught. You know, and I think that's the yeah. for me right now, that's the it's the best thing that I can do for them.
0: That's awesome. Well, we're we're a month into the into the school year, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh we're just praying for you, praying for all of our listeners who are uh either teachers themselves in a physical brick and mortar location or they're homeschooling or co opting or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, however we're educating our kids these days, we're just praying that the Lord would be um, continuing to give us a, a platform to speak his word and his truth into our kids lives and to train them up in the way that they should go what a what a great thing hey kendra thanks so much for being a part of our conversation today and uh, listeners as always we hope our conversation helps you uh follow christ further we'll see you next time